0: And welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here for a solo interview episode, a bonus episode, something that is kind of in the weeds for serious NBA fans. I think a lot of you might not know who I'm talking to, but if you go to a lot of NBA games or if you pay close attention, you will know This exciting guest, the amazing Sladek, one of the Daredevil halftime performers. He's been at the All-Star Game. He has been at the finals. And so I talked to him a little bit. Uh, This might be for my own personal pleasure, but surely uh, some of you guys out there will be as amused by his stories. I had planned for this interview to be pretty short, but as you can tell, he's a pretty joyful person and loves talking about what he does talks about some run-ins he's had with NBA players. I ask him what his scariest moment is. He tells me about Red Panda and whether or not there could be a little bit of a rivalry there. So I hope, again, uh, hardcore NBA fans, you guys will get a kick out of this. Before we get to it, though, just a reminder. If you want to get more Fast Break Breakfast and support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash fast breakfast you can join the popular slack chat for just three dollars a month there you will get basketball and other talk around the clock including john and chuck giving updates from bonnaroo where they've spotted chris bosh once again so if you want to do that and support the program you can go to patreon.com slash fast breakfast Oh, this is the Amazing Sladek. Mr. Sladek, this is Keith from Fast Break Breakfast. How are you doing? Hey,
1: Keith. How you doing, buddy? Boy, what's going on?
0: Man, nothing. Uh, what do I call you? Do I call you the Amazing Sladek?
1: Absolutely. Sladek's great. I love when people call me Sladic.
0: <laughs> That's perfect. Well, uh, thanks for joining me for this episode of Fast Break Breakfast. I've, uh, I've seen you several times performing at NBA games, and I, I saw you on Twitter. Seemed like you were up for a chat, so uh, again, happy, uh, happy you are able to join us. Um, it is our tradition to start off with our guests to talk about their breakfasts. I'm curious, did you have a breakfast today?
1: Yes, uh, one of my favorite breakfasts: four poached eggs and four slices of dry rye toast.
0: That's pretty yes. good. Is and, and that is your is that your your traditional? Uh go-to breakfast or is that like a game day breakfast or uh like like w- when do you treat yourself to that?
1: That's what my my uh, traditional treat breakfast every day I have at least a pound of fruit, at least a pound of fruit. And I uh anytime as long as it's before noon, load up on the fruit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds good. Is, is that part of maintaining your standing as the as, as America's oldest daredevil acrobatic hand balancer? Is it that important breakfast that helps you continue doing that?
1: Breakfast is the uh most important meal of the day, and uh, you know, at 59 years old, I'm constantly fighting weight, just like when we were in junior high school and high school when we were on the wrestling team, you always they call it sucking weight. Well, now you know, when I was young, I could eat anything. Now I still, uh, I love to eat. I have just an incredible appetite, but I'm always fighting weight. At 59 years old, I'm still very high strung for an old guy. And uh, that's just my nature and very active, love sports. And uh, But, you know, you you'd like uh, actually, Charles Barkley said it best. One thing you can't fight is time. You can never fight time. And I'm still in the I'm still in the ring with time, but I'm not knocked out yet. But I have to watch what I eat, and I love to eat. So I have to, you know, I have to be very careful what I eat.
0: That that sounds uh sounds like a good way to go about it. Maintaining that weight as you perform all your your high wire daredevil acts. Uh you said you're a big sports fan. Have you been watching the NBA finals?
1: Oh my goodness, yes, you know. And I'm vested in all the finals games and everything because I was uh, you know, very honored to be able to do three playoff games this uh, this season, real high profile. And I, you know, I was watching yesterday. I was watching, and uh, I was actually hope I was so hoping that Cleveland could pull out last night's game because you know I you want to see the just like a World Series or anything. You want to see it go seven. You want more entertainment, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was definitely in the same boat. Do you have a team particularly that you are cheering for in the finals?
1: Well, the thing is, this like just say this um, postseason right now, the Golden State Warriors brought me in for a high-profile playoff game. The Cleveland Cavaliers brought me in for a high-profile playoff game. So I could never say on record who I'm really pulling for. <laughs> My gosh, I'm... I want every team to love the amazing Slattic and want to invite them to entertain their fans.
0: That makes sense. You're mainly pulling for <laughs> you're mainly pulling for the amazing slatick. You got to well, you got to maintain those <laughs> those relationships. Well, I'm curious do some do some teams look at you as a good luck charm or have you had a bad experience where maybe you were at like a notoriously bad defeat where maybe that team now looks at you like eh, I'm not sure we're bringing him back.
1: Well it's funny. I uh I don't know if you're aware of it but uh I've been you know, I've been I've been doing this now for, for six years and uh in two thousand and fifteen the New York Times, which is a big high profile newspaper, I mean who makes the sports section of the New York Times, I don't know. But <laughs> New York Times did an article on the amazing Sladek and the fact that Cleveland Cavaliers were bringing in Sladek as their good luck charm. And that was the quote, bringing in their good luck charm. And <laughs> it was incredible because the Times actually sent the photographer out to New Smyrna Beach at the house here where I live. And outside the house, we have a second floor with a poop deck, which, which you know, it's like a deck that's on the second floor and then has a winding staircase up to the third floor deck. And uh, outside, and they brought their photographers and I set up my Uh, Daredevil act right on the uh, right on the deck. So they took pictures of me doing the chair act Which is you know, I do not like doing my act outside because you're always fighting the elements of the wind and uh, not having the exact uh, level Staging and stuff and I mean I've worked I've done this this I've been doing this act for 39 years Keith and uh, but and I've worked it outside hundreds of times but in my old age of 59 I'll tell you what. I will take the climate-controlled NBA half-court anytime, and I, it would have to be it really has to be a really worthwhile experience for me to work outside anymore. I'll still do it, you know, and I'll do it <laughs> like say if it's a benefit for a fundraiser or something like that or something that was really worthwhile. But uh, i at this age fighting the elements. I've stayed, you know. I always say, knock on wood for another performance and another safe safe show and I um, I really shouldn't be taking those chances outside anymore at my age you know and I'm because I mean I keep myself in great shape but like I said I've been fighting um, I've been fighting the risk of risking my life and death defying I've been fighting you know I've been facing death every time or you know you fall from a handstand say I'm doing that handstand in six chairs 25 feet and I lost my balance, I come straight down, you can't catch yourself. You're guaranteed to be at least a cripple, if not worse. So, you know, for 39 years, I've had a few close calls, and I've remained safe, knock on wood, for 39 years. And, you know, it's time to, I want to go until I'm 65 years old, Will be, which means six more seasons. So I need to stay inside where it's climate controlled and at least, you know, uh, give myself that much edge anyway, because I, I risk my life every time I do this act.
0: Yeah, if you do go six more years, maybe you can outlast LeBron James in the NBA. <laughs> you, you were saying like <laughs> the New York <sighs> Times called you the Cavs' good luck charm in 2015. The end of that story is the Cavs did not win. The title in 2015. So, uh, you, but you still maintain an okay relationship with the Cavaliers. They obviously asked you back this playoffs.
1: And that leads me to another great story. But before we go to that great story, yes, uh-huh. isn't that something? Here they are. They brought me in to start. I did a regular season game for the Cavs. Loved my show. And I and I, you know, what they really loved also is, I had my, I have a wardrobe lady and, uh Gibsonton, Florida, who's been in the business for years, making wardrobe for performers, and I've invested a lot of money in my outfits, and I have 98 different combinations of colors. I can do any NCAA college, any NBA team, and they go crazy, especially their fans go crazy when I come out with their colors. You know, and you—I mean, I don't just come out in my outfit; I come out in my outfit that is. Exactly that team's colors. So when I heard the uh, Cavs wanted to book me in 2015, I got with my wardrobe lady, and then I had her make me an outfit, and I, s- I sent a picture of that outfit to the uh, Cavaliers. And uh, they sent me a message right back. They said, oh, my gosh, can't wait to see you. Yeah, they were so happy about that. So I did the regular season game. Then they make the playoffs. This is 2015. So they invite me for the opening day playoff game of the first round against the Celtics. Did that playoff game. Next thing you know, they invite me back for the clincher when they um, closed out the Atlanta Hawks. They swept the Atlanta Hawks. And I, I got the closing game there at, at, in Cleveland. And then, oh my goodness, I, I was blown away. I got a, uh email. My manager gets the email and they want me to come in for the a playoff game for the finals. So I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, that's never happened. I mean, that's very rare. You gotta. I mean, usually a team they hire you. They you come and you do a show for them in the in the, in the uh, regular season. And if they really like you, they bring you back for the playoffs. Well, in 2015, the Cavs brought me back. Not once, not twice, but three times. Three playoff games. I was so honored and blessed. And, and then that's what the whole thing started with the good luck charm. And then the uh, the New York Times. Does the article on and everything. And I mean, what could be better in my career except they lose game six? (laughs) Are you kidding me? I go there with all the pressure on me. I do this great show. I had some standing ovations out there in the army. I spent time with the fans, so excited, and they lose game six. So, you know what? You can't win them all. And I guess they understood and didn't lose their love because they brought me back every season since, and like this year, I mean, they brought me back uh, uh, for the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, so how nice was that of them to do for me, you
0: know? Yeah, so the, the act, if you haven't seen it, I know you can find it on YouTube, or, or just go to an NBA game, you, you, or a college game, like you, you'll run into it, but you, you balance on the chairs, you do the handstand, it's incredibly tense for the audience. Uh, I'm curious, where did this come from? Where did the chair act, like how was that conceived?
1: I was New York State champion in 1976 for gymnastics, okay, and in, uh, my forte in gymnastics was floor exercise and vaulting, so I was a tumbler, and in my routines for my in gymnastics, I was famous in New York State for never Sladic. Uh, they called me Borstelman, Gary Borstelman in high school, you know, my show name is Slatic, that's my show name but they, they used to say Gary never misses his handstand, and I never did. I always never missed my handstand, so handstands were my forte. Well, in 1979, I went to the Minchkoff Theater in New York City on Broadway and saw the Chinese acrobats, and they closed the first half of the show with this chair act. It was It blew me away. I, this, here's this Chinese acrobat, and he's stacking these chairs and doing these handstands on the chairs, and he's up about 25 feet, on six chairs on a table and he does this handstand and I'm like a nervous wreck just watching him and he closes the show standing ovation and I went oh my gosh if I could ever do that and the next year I was on my way to doing that act I you know I it's amazing I I mean and here I am 39 years later still doing it and I've increased it I mean I started out doing four chairs I added two more chairs. I, as I got older, I stepped my game up because I knew I had to go against younger acrobats and stuff. And if you do research, there's you know, this this chair act. There's there's a few chair acts out there. You you might not be able to tell from the from the from just looking at a at a, a video or something, but almost all of them use gimmicks. The chairs either notch together, fit together. They have. Uh, Anti slippery things on the bottom where the feet go feet to feet. And the amazing Slatic is an old school daredevil. I refuse to put gimmicks or safeties on my chairs. It's the absolute truth. And I love to invite people to come and look at the chairs. And you would not believe the looks on their face when they come over and they put their hands on the chairs and they see how smooth the bottoms are where those feet go feet to feet and only one inch stock wood. they 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 go crazy they say, oh my gosh we thought for sure you were fitting these chairs together because you know when i put them together doing the act you see me putting the edges the, the feet to feet and making sure with my fingers that they're just so well you have to do that i've only got an inch to play with you know it's a daredevil act my goodness but i am an old school daredevil and i refuse to use any safeties any gimmicks because that's the nature of it. It's a daredevil act, and that's how I sell myself. And evidently, they love me, and that's why they hire me, because, you know, number one, I'm an old guy doing a young man's act, and, uh, and I have a certain amount of showmanship that I, you know, it, my act really comes from my heart when I perform. It's everything for the fans in the audience, and they, and they can tell everything that I'm doing out there. I'm just, I'm, I love performing for them, and I love that they love me. And it's, you know, when I get done with my act... I don't just hop off my table. I do a 59-year-old forward flip off the table to give them that little something extra. After I just got done risking my life, everything into that last handstand 25 feet up. Now, anticlimactic. I'm climbing down from my chairs, which is dangerous as it is. But when I get to the bottom, safe and sound, hand my last chair off, look at the people, and they start going crazy, cheering. I look at them, and then I kick that 59-year-old forward flip off the table, and that gives them that little something extra and shows them I'm doing this for you, and they really feel my performance, and I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, the, you can definitely tell that you are. It's giving you joy to perform for the crowd, and I will say uh, for our listeners, if you watch the uh, the America's Got Talent clip of the Amazing Sladic doing his trick, it's very clear because the camera is so close to the chairs that you can see. There's no notches. There's no way it's hooking together. It's just, you know. It's just a wood chair <laughs> balanced on top of each other. And it's <laughs> and it's, it's, it's incredibly you, ex- exciting.
1: Thank you for saying that, Keith, because it's the God's honest truth and I'll never change. And I'll stop doing the act before I even consider putting gimmicks on the, on the act. Like I said, if I can have six more seasons, I can go until I'm 65 years old. Now that's going to take a lot. I mean, you know, I'm in the gym every day, keeping myself in shape to do this act. So, you know, I'm 59 now, and so you're talking six more years to do it at 65 years old. But what a joy it would be. And I tell him, like, I just had, I was just on a um, – I just filmed a, a TV show out in Hollywood. Uh, actually, the week before I did the playoffs for the Golden State Warriors. And uh, I told them when I was getting interviewed on the couch, I said, if I can do my act until I'm 65 years old, I can look out. You get on the talk shows and say, "I worked my entire career while standing on my hands."
0: <laughs> That's pretty good. At what point did you realize that standing on your hands could be a career?
1: It's funny because when I was doing gymnastics in high school, my dad, who was a banker, and he'd be on the you know, and he'd come home from work, we'd have dinner as a family, always everything with the family, and uh, he'd be on the couch reading the newspaper. And I'd always move the furniture in the living room and I'd be doing the most important thing, working my flexibility because that's my age-old motto is I always say in any interview, flexibility is the key to longevity and that's what makes the difference. It's, it's the, flexibility is so important in your life, especially when you're a professional athlete. So I'd be working my flexibility in the living room and I remember like it was yesterday, I was probably 15 years old, I think I was in 10th grade, I looked up at my dad And now I'm working out in the living room there. And I said, I looked at him, I said, Dad, if I could ever get paid to do handstands, Keith, I swear to you, (laughs) I never, ever in my wildest dream ever thought that I was going to be a professional acrobat, whether it was a circus performer or a daredevil entertainer. I mean, at the twilight of my career in the NBA, the best thing that ever happened to me. I said this to my dad because of my love for the sport of gymnastics, the art of hand balancing. And that, I said that not even thinking, you know, never even thinking that it would ever come true. And here it is. It's amazing. I just, I'm so blessed.
0: You mentioned you'd had a couple of close calls. I'm curious, what is the scariest moment you've had while doing your act?
1: I've had probably two or three real scary moments um, one time I was working outside, and it was probably only about three years ago. I was doing a fair in Connecticut. It was so windy out, I should have just canceled the act. We had all these families at the fair to see the show, and being a, a true performer, I don't want to let the audience down. Even for something like that, How? I mean, really it really was foolish of me. I should have just, you know, because we had other acts in the show, but I was the closing act of the show with the Tower of Chairs. I was the headliner and I should have said for this show let's just cancel or I should have just said let me go and do what I can do. Well, that's the mindset. I got up to the top and I did my stand up and I was able to fight the wind and fight the elements standing up. I don't know if you're familiar with what I'm talking about, it's the, it's the second to last trick I do before I do the handstand. I I put the that sixth chair, the the back two legs on the very edge of the of the fifth seat. And I'm balancing on both chairs while standing up. Mm-hmm. It's the second to last trick I do in the act. And it was so windy outside, and I was fighting it just to do that. I should have ended the act right there. So I didn't. And now I'm standing there waiting for the wind to die down. And now you're talking about taking a, a chance. You're waiting for the wind to die down. And now, as the wind dies down, take a deep breath, everything I can put into it. And now I go to press the handstand halfway up. Big gust of wind comes. Oh my gosh, the whole stack of chairs started going as soon as I felt it. I came right back down, almost had to bail out and drop the chair, and I was able to save myself. And I still and now I, I used all my energy, so I was, you know, I'm tired. But yeah. I, the entire audience was like silent and they were just, "Oh my gosh." And and I I didn't want to end the act i wanted I wanted it was just I wanted to get this done i I probably paused another ten to fifteen seconds, sucked up the energy, took the deep breath, waited for the wind to die down after saving myself, and i go for it again, and just my luck that the wind didn't come, I did it, that people went crazy. I got down off that I did that slip. I started hugging people out there in the crowd there <laughs> oh my gosh, that was the scariest moment ever. unbelievable. But, you know, every time I do this act, if you watch the Jumbotron, a lot of times, depending on the different venues and the different NBA arenas and different things, how they're filming me, they'll get real close-up shots to my face. I'm so intense in doing this act. When, once I get to four chairs, it's so intense in concentration. And when I get up to five and six, it's so scary, and there's not a time... it's funny because, you know, it's, it's, yes, I'm a daredevil, but I think about it and it actually keeps me safer. I think about falling every time I do the act and it's, and I'm fighting, I'm not fighting the fear. I'm fighting the fact that I have to concentrate so much. And I know that just a little slip of the balance, a little something off and I can come down and, uh, I've been safe for 39 years risking my life, and it's just, uh, but you see, if you get, if you watch the jumbotrons, you can see the, you can see the look on my face, how intense it is. And that's, that's actually how it is.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very remarkable. In the experience going to NBA arenas, have you ever had any memorable interactions with any of the players or the personalities or the mascots or anything?
1: Oh my gosh, lots of lots with the mascots. Oh my goodness! Like, uh, well, aside from like, you know, you know, when I go to do the act, see, when that halftime buzzer hits, both teams are heading to the locker room, right? So now it's time for the halftime show, and they they come out, and then I go out with my equipment set up real quick, and I do my act. My act six minutes and thirty seconds. Usually by the time I'm just doing my handstand on top. They're back from the locker room getting ready to start bouncing balls. Sometimes they're bouncing balls on the sideline. They're getting ready to do their warm-ups again, you know. And there's been quite a few times where I've flipped off the table, went to the front, and complimented the audience, the fans out there that went to the back. And as I'm leaving, you know, when I leave the court, I make sure I acknowledge the entire arena. And, and I love it because they're cheering for me. So they're making me feel like a superstar, and I want to return the favor to them and give them my, my – I, I look to them and I, I'm waving to them, and I just, it's just such a great feeling. And I've gotten many high fives from the players and stuff, which kind of makes me feel great. But even more than that – I have a few experiences that were just incredible. Number one, you mentioned the mascots. What better compliment is it f- f- than to get the mascots of an NBA team to want to spoof your act? You know, so that's been. I have some video footage on my, uh, you know, on my fan page and and in our archives for our promo and stuff. I mean, Benny the Bull, Grizz, stuff from the magic, I mean Blaze, I mean they've all spoofed my act and I mean it's incredible that that they, you know, cuz they're always looking to get time on the floor, you know, cuz how many, you know, the mascots, they have to keep coming up with different stuff all the time. But for them to want to spoof my act and I've even Benny the Bull and Grizz and stuff have all borrowed one of my outfits. To wear as a <laughs> span. so how cool is that? You know, just it's just that's been so great, and the one of the greatest things for me, I have some really incredible experiences. Can I give you two of them?
0: Oh, absolutely, please.
1: Well, Keith, three years ago or was it two years ago? Might have been two. Shaquille O'Neal was inducted in the Orlando Hall of Fame, the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. So I got a phone call from the Magic asking me if I was available to do the halftime show for that game, the game where he was going to be out there on center court getting his, uh, his induction ceremony. And they actually, I won't tell you what act it was, but they actually rescheduled the act that they originally had hired for that day and they brought me in, and that was such an honor. So I go in there. And my parents, 85 years old at the time, God bless them, they gave my parents VIP seats, incredible. So to have my parents there in Orlando at the Amway Center watching me do the halftime show for the Shaquille O'Neal inauguration ceremony. And now I, you know... It would have been great to meet Shaq, you know, I mean, I would love what a personality he is, you know, so I I would love to meet him, but this is his night, he's doing the, he's getting the induction and everything, and he's a, you know, very busy man, and everybody wants a piece of Shaq, and I'm trying to concentrate, because I want to do such a great show for them, because I'm so honored that they brought me in, so, they did his ceremony, he did his little speech, and then he leaves with his entourage, I see him walking off, now I come on to do the show for the for the rest of the halftime there. I finished my act, and I flipped off my table. I look out in the audience. I blow a kiss to my mom. I go, Mama! I blew a kiss to my mom. I turn around and come back to the back of the house. Next thing you know, there's this giant coming out on center court. He goes, oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. He grabs me. He goes, let me ask you, you ever get scared up there? Do you ever get scared up there? I go, I put my hand on the shoulder I said, Shaq, I get scared every time. He goes, oh, I loved it, I loved it. I couldn't believe, here he is. And and at the same time, my wife was with me, being my photographer. She had flown in from New York, and she was the photographer. She had the wherewithal to come out, and she took pictures of me and Shaq. So I have shots with me and Shaq of him greeting me on center court. I've got my dad, who was taking the video with the camera, So I have these priceless pictures that I'll cherish for a lifetime. It's unbelievable. And then I I find out at the end of the the day, at the end of the night, the one in charge who hired me to be there for the Orlando Magic, he grabs me and says, Gary, listen, the whole time you were doing your show, Shaq was being interviewed by ESPN. And it's like I kept watching him watching you. So we went and we went over to the... uh, where the ESPN box was, and we got over there, and the guy says to me, the, the ESPN announcer, he goes, Shaq was all over your act. You wouldn't believe it. They sent me the audio of it. It's amazing, Keith. I couldn't believe it. Three times during my act, while Shaq was doing his interview with ESPN, he, talk, he like, stopped the interview talking about me performing. And at the very end, he's like, oh, 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 wait, here comes the finale, here comes the finale. And as I'm going into the handstand and the music's playing, the sandstorm, Shaq starts going. He goes, look at this, look at this, the handstand. He goes, I couldn't believe it. And i got the whole audio uh, thanks to the scan sent it to me. So, I mean, you know, I'm in my little world of being America's oldest daredevil acrobat hand balancer. And here's Shaq, who everyone in the world loves. And he spent time talking about me he, may, he took the time to come out on the center court and to congratulate me and since then Shaq and the TNT crew whenever I see them at the finals and stuff they're so good to me Keith I mean Ernie and Barkley I mean it's amazing how good they are to me I mean how they've helped my career because like I said in my little world I have video clips and pictures with me and the crew together in the green room Craig Sager invited me into the green room. God rest his soul, was such a great man. I mean, I have Shaq talking about me on live audio. And I've got like probably three or four television clips from when TNT was covering the game that during the halftime report, they flashed to me performing. And then they start, Ernie and Shaq and Chuck, Barkley and Kenny, they start talking about me. I mean, I can't pay for that kind of publicity. So I mean, yeah. they've helped me so so much in my career that way, and I thank them so much for it. And then just in the last, very last game that I did to close, what a way to close the season! Game three of the playoffs for the uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals at the at the Quicken Loans Arena, and there's the TNT crew inviting me in the room. I flew my daughter in, Carrie Grace. I flew I flew my daughter in from Hong Kong, and. They were so nice. They took uh, pictures with me and my daughter, and Shaq goes, oh, she's not 30 years old. She can't be 30. And I have this great picture of Shaq standing behind my daughter with his hands on her shoulders. She comes up to his belly button, man. it's a great (laughs) shot, man. So it's incredible. And then that night, that game, I've got the footage now that's going to come in this year's promo going out to all the colleges and the NBA teams. They've flashed to me during that playoff game, and Ernie Johnson, the nicest guy that he is, as they flash to me during the live halftime report, says, "Hey, here's our buddy, the amazing Slatic. I mean, announces me on national TV. Keith, I can't buy. I, I don't. I can't pay for that kind of publicity. I mean, so how blessed am I to have them treat me like that?
0: Yeah, that tr- truly is wonderful. Uh, it's good they've given given back to you because you, you're giving so much, you know, to the fans at the games and, and really enjoying it. Um, one last thing uh, before we get out of here: Is there a fraternity? between you and the other, like, typical or regular circuit of halftime acts that you see at the basketball games?
1: Well, there are a few that I am very great friends with, and uh, some closer than others. And, I mean, you've got your halftime acts, and you've got your middle-shelf halftime acts, and you've got your top-tier halftime acts and stuff. And uh, I have... Like, if if you do have the time, I, I, I can make it quick to, to give you my two, also, two great experiences that I just want to tell you real quick about. But let me just Sorry, tell you, as, the, as far as the fraternity is concerned, me, Red Panda, the Christian and Scooby. Oh, yeah. Uh, Steve Max, who does Simon Says. And then I have very close friends, uh, Simon and Lyric Arrestov. He does uh, what's called the Roller Bola. And uh, very, very, really talented entertainers and uh, great-looking performers, and the uh, and their and actually her mom is one of my best friends, Rietta Walenda from the famous Walenda family. And so, like, we're 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 all like the the top tier. Um, and I know there's others also that I'm not naming, but these are that are personal friends of mine. And which leads me into telling you my last two great experiences. I mean, last year, not this season that just passed but the 2016 All-Star Game, first time ever in Toronto, so, you know, it's the first NBA All-Star Game ever in uh, Canada. They invited me to be the halftime show. And of course, it was Sting that was doing the halftime, so I was the three-quarter break. Well, they also invited Red Panda, and Red Panda, Red Panda and I were both so blessed to be the two halftime acts that were invited by the NBA to do the halftime shows at the first all-star game ever in Toronto. And her and I got along just fantastic, and we stay in touch with emails and stuff. And uh, I watched her last night. She was on ESPN last night. I couldn't believe it. I said, oh, my gosh, when's my turn? I was so jealous. There's Red Panda. She looked great. Fantastic. So proud of her. And then my last, Keith, my last, one of the best, greatest things ever – I'm doing that 2015 Game 6 of the finals in the Golden State Warriors at the Quicken Lons Arena for the Cavaliers. I get there, and Adam Hines, who's in charge of the uh, entertainment, he comes to me and goes, Sladek, we always give you your own dressing room, but we have so much media. It's so high-profile. There's so much to do, would you mind sharing your dressing room? I said, are you kidding me? I'm just honored to be here. Are you serious? Thanks for asking me. Of course. You would never believe who I shared in my dressing room. <laughs> Unbelievable. I go in, and there's the sign. It says NBA Finals, halftime, the amazing Sladek, and Mr. Bill Russell. You've got to be what? kidding. <laughs> Bill Russell was there to give out the trophy at the end of the game to live on TV to give out the trophy. And he needed a nice, quiet room where he wouldn't be disturbed and everything. And him and I shared the dressing room together the entire night. I was beside myself, Keith. I I sat with him. Of course, I got pictures with him. How nice of him to take pictures with me. And I said, Mr. Bill, when I tell my dad that I shared my dressing room with Bill Russell, I said, I grew up with you you will chamberlain jerry west i said you my, might were you my dad's favorites and uh he says well he's probably a little younger than me i said he's 85 he goes we're the same age i i <laughs> said bill when i tell my dad he's gonna go crazy so before we left and said goodbye he grabs his water takes a gulp out of it another gulp got a half full body he goes here give this to your dad tell him he's got my dna now <laughs> <laughs> and unbelievable! And when I finished the act, I go back in the dressing room. Who comes in? Adam Silver comes in, congratulates me on a great performance, and that was the first time I ever meet Adam Silver. And I've seen him three different times since then. We took pictures together, him and myself, and Mr. Bill Russell. I have a shot of the three of us together. And every time I do a high-profile playoff game, and Adam Silver is there and he if we're in the same vicinity, whatever he always comes over and says hi you know i'm not going to go over and bother him i mean i mean you know, i mean adam silver but he is the nicest man Keith he comes over and i said oh gosh adam thank you so much and and here he would shake hands and uh i said thanks for everything you do. he goes we love you we love you i mean for him to say that to me it just makes me feel I, I, I just don't even know how to explain it. So I really have been so blessed with, you know, every time I see Barkley, gives me a big hug. Shaq always makes a, a funny comment. They talk about me on TNT when they go to the, to the halftime reports. Almost no act gets that. And even if it's for 10 seconds or 15 seconds, I've got those little clips for my highlight reel. I make my promo. Like, you know, I've got a new manager this season. My new manager is Patricia Murphy. She's my new manager at who I grew up with. And, uh, we are putting a whole thing together. She's putting, she works so hard. She's putting a whole, uh, promo reel together and, uh, it, we're hoping for the best season ever. And, uh, she's, uh, just, she's so everything, the amazing Flatic, she's a hundred percent. And so I've got a great feeling and she works so hard for me. And we actually got an email from the university of Arkansas today and it's uh, Actually, our first booking already for next season, they want me for January 27th. So, how's that?
0: Well, that's great. Sounds like things are going really well. I'm really happy uh, you got to have those experiences and that you would share them with me. I'm also really glad to hear uh, you and Red Panda are are friendly. Uh, Red Panda is pretty popular in NBA Twitter. People are always talking about her. And I actually was thinking maybe, and you know, this could just be a publicity stunt. Maybe you guys could take a page from Pro Wrestling. I bet if you guys developed <laughs> some kind of rivalry, I think you could be the villain, and it, it might build your brand a little bit. I don't know. It's just, just uh, an idea.
1: I, I It's a great idea, but I don't know if I want to be that guy. I mean, <laughs> I no, you,
0: Yeah, you would be hated. You, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I, I love Red Panda. I am so honored, Keith, that I am mentioned in the same sentence as Red Panda. I mean, yeah, sure. They, oh, there's also, like, okay, a lot of these dogs... A lot of these dogs, they won the $1 million dollars on America's Got Talent. That's another one who I'm very friendly with. I, I actually, I, I have um, history with his wife from years ago. and Nobody even knows this about her. She's, she is a human cannonball. She comes from the human cannonball family.
0: Uh, her,
1: name is, her maiden name is Rebecca Smith. Her and I were together in 1994 in Canada, touring Canada together. And that is before she even met her husband. Uh, with the Olathe's dogs, and they've been married for years, and they're happy, 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 and I love them, and they're great guys, and they're good friends of mine. But what I'm saying is, I I wouldn't want to be the villain. I, I'm so happy just to be in the same sentence as one of the top halftime acts in the NBA and college circuit, and if I could do that for the next six years, I've had the best, best, blessed life. So I wouldn't want to do anything to be the villain, but I, I tell you what, I wish they would do something like... Uh, have a special show or if they come up with something where they got like the top five or the top ten halftime acts and we did actually a, you know, they could even do a TV show on it, man. They could do a, you know, ESPN could do a show or whatever, you know, but that's all needs uh, public relations people and stuff like that, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, that sounds like you got a lot of good ideas and maybe one day, uh, I don't know, write a book about all this time. You're, we're oh, absolutely. we to get to your, your time <laughs> as a human cannonball. That's fantastic. <laughs> Well, uh, hey, you should
1: also, Keith, look for me coming soon. I just, uh, we just filmed a new, uh, a new Steve Harvey show. We just out in Hollywood filming that show. And uh, that's coming out in June this
0: month. That sounds perfect. So, yeah, and all our listeners, make sure you check that out, too, and have a chance to see. And, again, if you've never seen the, the, the performance, you got to see it. And hopefully uh, sometime, uh, maybe in the next couple seasons, I'll run across you at an NBA arena, and I'll definitely uh, yell your name out and say hi.
1: Be my pleasure to take you to dinner. I mean, where are you? How do you get to you? I only have you on Twitter. What's going on? Where are you?
0: <laughs> I am. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and I mainly drive the three hours to Memphis uh, several times a year to go see Grizzlies games.
1: Well, would you would you be uh, willing to get together when I go to a Grizzlies game? Because I mean, Memphis. Oh, I love when I go to Memphis. I love going to Memphis. I always go. I always go right through Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I, my my ex girlfriend lived on Log Cabin Road, Nashville, Tennessee, and I lived in Chattanooga for ten years.
0: Oh wow, nice. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, it, it it would be my honor. D- hit me up anytime.
1: I would love to. So we'll, we'll get together on, on Twitter more. And uh, remember me, Amazing Slatic, and my Twitter @amazingslatic, and amazingslatic at Amazing and Amazing at Amazing dot com.
0: That's wonderful. Thanks so much for your time,
1: Keith. Thank you for giving me the honor of being interviewed by. By your show, I appreciate that.
0: All right, thanks to the amazing Sladek for joining me. That was a that was a deep cut for kind of the crazy NBA fans. That was for my own personal enjoyment uh, talking to him. I hope some of you other crazy NBA fans got a kick out of that. Uh, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com/slash fast break breakfast you can follow me on twitter at fast break break like us on facebook you guys are the best thanks for listening and remember breakfast is the most important thing